theyeshiva.net. So there's an old parable about six blind men who encountered an elephant. The first blind person, he bumped into the elephant's stomach. And he says, oh, there must be a wall here. The second one touched the, the colossal leg of an elephant. And he said, there must be a tree here. The third one comes in contact with the tail of the elephant. So he says, wow, this is like a real good, sturdy, thick rope. And then there's another one who feels the trunk of the elephant. (laughs) You know, the swaying trunk. And he says, wow, this is a real powerful branch of a tree. And then there's somebody else who touches the tusks of the elephant. And he claims that he found some piping in the desert. Finally, they're arguing, the six blind men are, are arguing for a very long time what, what they discovered, the wall or the tree or the rope or the branch or the piping, etc. Finally, a seventh person arrives and he was gifted with the gift of vision. He has eyesight. And he declares that uh, what they're observing here is an elephant. That's the story. This is a little metaphor for what we're talking about. We spoke yesterday the difference of Yediyah versus Hakara. It's an imperfect parable because of obvious reasons. But it does bring out the point. We said, what's the difference of Yediyah and Akara? The difference of Sibin and Tvius Ayin. A Sibin always relates to the, what's called in the Maimer, the Hispashtus of something. And Tvius Ayin is the Etzim of something. What do we mean the Hispashtus of something? It doesn't mean it's a lie. It's not a lie at all. It's true. But a simon, I could communicate to somebody else. I could say, this is the simon, this is the identifying mark through which you can recognize who the owner is. Or the owner could come and claim it. Like all the halachas of simonim, when it comes to Hashavah Savedah in Baba Metziah, in Masechta Baba Metziah, the simon relates to the details and what's called mikre hadavar, the circumstances of the object. Tvius ayin, I recognize that it's mine. I don't have a simon. How do I tell you my tvius ayin? I can't. I can't give it over in words. Because words break down the concept into details. And the knowledge that comes through words is the knowledge that comes through the details. In the metaphor of the elephant, obviously they were making a mistake, but it, it represents something. From their perspective, they were onto something. This is a tree. It has the same sensation, same feeling. 
same shape, same touch. From that perspective, each one was right. This is a pipe, and this is a branch, and this is a wall. Well, it's a wall. <laughs> if you ever bumped into an elephant's stomach, it's a wall. What is it? It's not a wall. Each one was grasping, was looking for a simon. That's what they were looking. They were looking for a simon. The person who could see, what did he see? He saw that it's an elephant. He also could touch the, brand, the tusk and the tail and the stomach. And the leg. But when he's touching the leg... It's the leg of an elephant. And the tusk is the tusk of an elephant. And the tail is the tail of an elephant. And the stomach is the stomach of an elephant. He could be touching the trunk also. But because he sought, it's a trunk. But it's a trunk of an elephant. It's all part of one, one big picture. And that's the das that comes after the chachma and the bina. It's the recognition that is beyond Yediyah. Yediyah is in the Pratim, in the details. And that you can always give over, you could communicate it. Through Dibur, through words. It's all about dissecting it and dividing it and categorizing it. But that always relates to the Hispashtus. Hispashtus means the way it comes off, the way it's experienced the way it's perceived by the recipient. And then there is Hakara. And Hakara is always the etzim, the core, the core of the thing. Yeah. Yeah, that's the point. I'll give you another uh, interesting muscle. I heard this many years ago from Rabbi El Khan. You have, children do it a lot, also adults do it. What is it called, tracing paper? When you want to copy a, um, a picture. So there's a beautiful piece of art. And one day, you're dreaming to be an artist, or you think you're an artist. So you try to make your own picture. It doesn't come out quite the same way. But there's something called tracing paper, right? So you put the paper on top, and you trace it. And when you trace it, you have everything perfect because your mom is tracing it. You have all the lines and the shapes and the dimensions, and then you could fill it in with the colors and the pigments. But then you look at the two, <laughs> and one is a piece of art, maybe worth millions of dollars, and the other one is... Uh, it's going to go, end up in the garbage in a few hours, in the refrigerator for a few minutes, and then in the garbage. L'cha'ayra, the tracing paper, he followed everything. It's an exact copy. He didn't make a mistake. He had a ruler. <laughs> he had a compass. Whatever he needed, he drew the exact features and lines. What's, what, what was, what, what's the problem? You ever tried it? <laughs> it didn't come out like the original, right? Everything is right, but everything is wrong. Everything is right, but everything is wrong. What's the issue? The issue is, in art itself, 
There's the Hispastas, the Pratim, and there's the Etzam. The Pratim, the details of a piece of art is, you could say here, make a circle here and a square here and a triangle here, a rectangular here, a line here, a line there. This is green, this is red, this is blue. That's not art. <laughs> that's the simonim, that's the chitzonius, that's the hispashtus of it. That's the, that's the facts of it. It's not the soul of it. The gift of an artist is something else. The gift of an artist is that he or she captures something in their imagination, captures a living reality or some type of reality in their imagination. And they have the ability to impart the experience, the life of it, on canvas or on paper or on papyrus, whatever they're using. That's what it is. Of course, there's the way to do it. And there's many, many laws and intricacies. And if you read art books, they tell you all the instructions. When I'm doing the tracing paper, I'm following all the facts. But the etzim of it, the life of it doesn't come. It's a, it's a dead picture. There's nothing here. I may even follow the rules better than the original. But there's nothing here. I have all the details right. It's not that I erred in the details. But that's the issue. I have all the details right. But I don't have the core of it. What makes art art is you look at it, there's something alive. There's a message. There's a soul here. There's an energy here. Yes, there are all the shapes and lines, but that's the, that's the, the it captures something deeper. So there's certain things I could communicate. I can give this simon, and th- that's what a simon is. Person looks this way, the person looks that way. But the atzmius of it, the core of it, I did not, I did not impart. And the same is true with all art. There's, there's art in, in pictures, there's art in communication. There's so many different types of art. It's all the same idea. Art of education. You, you, I can give you all the prot and perfect, not, not, not 100%. <laughs> but you didn't get the core. That doesn't come out with Dibur. It's not defined by that. It, and the, the Nakuda, the Etzem, the core, is not just the sum of all the parts. It's not just that you have all the pieces, so you have everything. No, there's something transcendent, there's something abstract that is beyond all of that. Sometimes I have no choice. All I could speak is about a simon. That's what I have to speak about. But then there's something called Tvias Ayin. This, this is an elephant. <laughs> it's an elephant. So even when somebody is not blind, somebody sees or somebody understands the concept, what are they understanding? They could be understanding the espashtas of it or the etzim of it. Yeah. Very good. So we'll add to the story another two blind people. Many more, yeah? Seven billion. Seven billion. One was run over by the elephant, and one didn't even bother touching it. Yeah, yeah, very good.
He was busy drinking coffee. Zalba, huh? Right. Yeah. 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 You take a picture of a piece of art, so it's obviously much better because it's a picture of it. But you could still see <laughs> Zeloza, right? It's not that. And it's not only because of a technical reason, because it's not that, it's just a picture. There's something that's not conveyed. But here it's much more dramatic because here <laughs> you followed it. You know, you had that paper and the tracing paper and you did everything <laughs> and you followed it perfectly and the, there's nothing here. What you have is lines. You don't have art. So if you think art is lines, is, is, what's the nimshal? What, what's the, what, what are we conveying here? In a way, yeah. It's, yeah. Here it's called hispashtus and etzah. I can identify somebody. I'll tell you, you, go meet this person. I'll give you all the simon and what he's wearing and his physique and his looks and so forth. Yeah. Tviyasayan means I, I know what it is. Not from the hispashtas, but from the etza. It's a subtle idea. It's, it's a subtle idea. It's not a subtle idea. It's clear, but it's subtle. Yeah, I had I had a friend. So he was a classmate. He was like a scientist type of a kid. So uh, I once said we're talking. I said music. He said there's no such a thing as music. It's it's called manip- manipulation of notes. <laughs> I couldn't argue. How I could prove in a laboratory there's something called music. <laughs> he said it's notes. Somebody puts together. It's a cholent of notes. They call it music. Can I prove that there's something called humor? Is there something called humor? You can't prove it. Can I prove there's something called love? How are you going to prove it? Huh? <laughs> yeah. Some say lo- love is just biochemical, biochemical signals that <laughs> with a release of certain chemicals. That's it. You manipulate it. You put the chemical in. You put this. It's all over. It's just, uh, it's facts. And it's true. It's true. It's not, they're not wrong. When you, when you're feeling love, right? From a very objective, cold, scientific point of view, it's just, uh, it's the same as eating chocolate. Yeah. Eat yeah. chocolate and you have love. So I'll give you a piece of chocolate tomorrow. So this pastas is MS. It's MS. You can't have art because you experienced art in your brain. You have to impart it on paper. And there are rules. People go for, to school for years and years. Right? Yeah, it's exactly the same thing. You have a piano book and you have all the notes. You have all the notes. Right? But, but music is not just, it's not just the notes. I think in both. There's somebody who lives the music. They live the music. They experience the music. They are musical souls. Of course, you have to know how to play the piano. You need the right notes, etc. If not, it's not going to come out. But in music, there's this pashtas of it and there's the etzim of it. And I could do exactly the follow the same notes. It's not going to be the same. And of course, it has to do with the pauses. Yeah, so it's always has to do with the pauses between notes. Two different orchestras will play the same piece. Completely different. Same notes, they play the same instrument. 
Completely different. The same with, with singers. Any, any field in the world, except singers, builders, architects, physicians, physicians also. Huh? Huh? There are those with a heart <laughs> and those without a heart. If you're without a heart, how are you going to heal somebody's heart? <laughs> well, the facts are the same fact. It's a piece of furniture. What's the nimshal? The nimshal becomes vital to understand the difference of shin yud, kel shin yud, or even on a deeper level, shem havaya, on a lower level, shem havaya de lesat, de mahava, versus da ani Hashem, ushmi Hashem loy noy daiti lahem. Rashi says, loy ni karti lahem b'midas amitis shali. When we speak about God, we speak about Hashem. The word Yudke Vofke, like we said, is Mahava, Yahava Mahava. It brings existence into being. So from the Hishavos, from the creation, you could know something about the Creator. So what Creator are you discovering? You're creating the Creator who left His footprints and who left His imprint. In the creation and what he creates. So it's like you're the, 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 the detective who's tracing back the discovery of the reality, trying to trace it back to the, to the originator, to the author, to the progenitor. If it's a crime scene or it's a beautiful scene. What do you have to work with? You have to work with the product that he created, the scene that he produced. And now you're going back to figure out where it came from based on the on the footprints, based on the DNA, based on the saliva, based on the simonim. Even if you're successful and you find who is responsible for this, what do you grasp of that being or of that person or of that creature or of that existence? You grasp that which you're capable of grasping via the product that you have been privy to see. The footprints that you have seen. So if you would travel to the moon and you would see a uh, imprint of a foot, right? That was, uh, that stepped on the moon in July, when was it? 1969. With Americans, not Russians, Americans. (laughs) <laughs> 50 years ago, right? And now you would say, what's this doing on the moon? Ooh, there was a human being here. Now you can argue, who is this? Is it some life from a different planet? <laughs> is it an angel? There was a human being, and now you start research. We know it from the other side. We know that there was a fellow Armstrong who landed on the moon with his colony, he stepped on the moon, and this was it, and he planted the American flag, and the world turned over. But if you have to go the other way, you have here a footprint, and now you have to go back. Let's say you could discover, and you go, but now you have to find whose footprint? A human being got here, and then you'll find out there was a person, even if you'll ultimately find out the name, even. What are you going to know? You're going to know. What do you know about this person? You know about this person. Then he was on the moon, which is no small feat, pretty big. 
which means it was a spaceship, which means a lot of science, means a lot of money, which means a lot of research. It's an incredible thing you're finding out. But that's what you know. Because you're learning about it from what? From the symptoms, from the product, from that which was produced. You speak about Hashem, the same thing. Mahava. You say, Mahava, you look at the world and you say, wow, where does this come from? And every detail of the universe is another footprint. It's another, it's another production. It's another scene which traces, which can be traced back to a unique quality that is expressed. An author may write many, many books. Each book captures something unique, something special. In this case, the book is infinite. And you can't compare the chachma that is expressed in one creature to the qualities that are expressed in another creature. And each one tells you something, because there is uniqueness. There is a uniqueness. Every every cell, every creature, every galaxy, every star, every nekudah in the body, every nekudah in the world. But what is that all? That's all understanding the boire from the bria. Understanding the creator from the bria. Then there's something else. Let's continue. It's Yudalad, the middle of the page. The line starts, Shehu Mokir HaGvul. Shin Dalad Yud is Dai, Mokir HaGvul. It's the source of finiteness. Avalushmi Havaya Hainu. Havaya Dela'el, Shu Atmos Ayrin Saif. Shalomai Lemiyos Mokir Lemokir Lailamiz. The truth of Havaya, Yudke Vovke. Havaya Dela'el. What do we mean, Havaya Dela'el? There's Havaya as Mahava, as a creator. There's Havaya, the core of Erdain Saif, which is beyond being even a source of a source for the worlds, even a mucker, a source for a source. You have being a source for the worlds. You have being a source for a source. It's even beyond that. What's that? Not only I didn't notify them. Rashi says, not hakara. I could tell you the facts, but that's not the Hakara. I can give you the simonim, but it's not the Tfiya sign. There was no Hakara. What's Hakara? There's something that in the Etzem Hanashama, in the core of the soul, the truth of his reality gets grasped, gets experienced, something that none of the worlds will manifest and express. Because the oilam is, the worlds are not machriach, they don't necessitate even a knowledge of the metzius of atzmosayin and soif of the etzim. What the oilam is compel you to understand is that there is a boire, but as much as is necessary to produce this world. That's what you understand. From the book or from the creation, I can see those qualities that I need to justify the creation of this product, but nothing beyond that. I don't know about your internal life. I'm reading a creation, I'm looking at this piece of art, I'm looking at this house, and I could conclude that the builder of this home has these and these qualities. Do I know anything else about him? How could I? My whole relationship with him is through what he created. That's what all philosophy is. So even the most spiritual and genuine philosophy... We're talking about the others before Matan What is it? It's grasping the boire based on the bria. So therefore, what about the boire do I know? That which the bria necessitates 
and says, this must be here in order to produce such a grand scene. This quality, this quality, this quality, that quality. And all of machshava, all of what you call machshava, hashkafa, Jewish philosophy, it's known as chakira, of all of Jewish history, we're talking about of the greatest G'dayli Yisrael. What's the approach? The approach is I have a product, and I'm blind, I'm trying to figure out who made this elephant. So if you take all the svarim of chakira, of machshava, from especially the Middle Ages, Sadia Gon and the Rambam, and Barbanel, and Ralph Bagner, and Rabbi Yudal Levi, and Rabbi Ben Gabiro, and Rabbi Yosef Alboy, I'm just mentioning a few of the great, well-known Jewish philosophers of those, of those that era of the Rishonim and after the Rishonim. And the Goyen, Reb Sadiagon, was even before the Rishonim. This is the approach. Chayvah Salavavis. You look at a scene. You, you look at this piece of art. You look at this home. You look at this piece of music. You look at this uh, symphony. You, you hear this symphony. You see this mansion. And, and, and you start the research. Or in today's language, you know, you're looking at a cell. You're studying a jinnim. And as I said yesterday, in each generation, you get to see more of the Yeshabach Masacha. <laughs> the product is, 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 is appreciating in value. It's like what we used to think the world is, is not what we think today the world is in terms of complexity, in terms of genius, in terms of mind staggering facts that defy all statistical probabilities. Never mind the fields of quantum mechanics, which takes you into the world of paradox that the ancients didn't know about. They, many of them denied even the concept of paradox. And today that's the, the mainstay of, of cutting edge physics. If you're not comfortable with paradox, uh, you know, go, go to, go into another field. So, so I'm looking at the boire from the perspective of the bria. So what boire do I discover? I discover the creator, yeah, that is necessit, that, that the Bria necessitates me to discover. I know him from the book. So now, you know, you ever finish reading a book and it's very impactful. And now you start imagining who wrote it. You, but you don't know him. <laughs> you never met him, right? But you create a picture of him. You know so much about him. You spent the last three months with him. <laughs> you were a teenager. You were sick in bed. Right? You had the flu for three weeks. You read the novel, the 1500 page novel, and you read it and you reread it. You just spent three intimate weeks with this man. <laughs> he doesn't know that you spent time with him. You know everything about him. Really, do you? You know a lot about him. You, you imagine him and, and he left such an impact. He may, he may have changed your life. He doesn't know. He may have changed your life. The same is true with a producer of a film. Same is true with an actor. The same is true with any form of 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 of, of mentor of any field that that impacts you. Right, right, right. There is a producer, and if I'm studying a pen, and I, all I know about you is that you made this pen, I'm gonna know some things. But is that called a relationship? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are the facts true? Yeah. If I know you based on the producer of this pen, I can draw up a list. Yeah. In wartime, I don't know if you know, but in wartime, the armies sometimes have great psychologists drawing up profiles of the enemies, right? 
And what they use is they use their war tactics or different parts of their life that they can grasp on. Grasp on, you know, in the Second World War, they did this. The Americans did this with, with, with Hitler and some others. They tried to paint a psychological profile of who they are so they should know what they're capable of doing. So what do they use? They use the stories that they know and then they go back and say, so what type of mind, right? What type of mind does this guy have? So you have it in everything. So if I'm studying, you know, (laughs) I'm studying the Apple iPhone and I want to know, so who created this? And I could reach certain major conclusions and that's what I know about it. Is it all accurate? It may be completely accurate, but what's missing? (laughs) What's missing is I never even saw the person. I never met the person. This is all like Yediyah, there's no Hakara. You have the Hispashtas. Even if you study a thousandth of his works, so you have not one simon, you have a thousand simonim, but you have simonim. You have all the identifying marks. Is it true? Yeah. This person has this simon and this simon and this simon and this simon and this simon. But then there's the elephant. No matter how many simonim we have, if we have infinite school, Exactly. Not because the simonim are wrong. They're completely accurate. It's a quantum leap. It's a different level. This is all his pashtus and real his pashtus. Or to put it in simple link, what's his pashtus is the way it impacts me, what it emits. Spashtus is that which it emits. In other words, that which comes to me, that which, that's what his pashtus means. Mispashet, it expands. It comes to me. It's your book. Your book affects me. That's what I know about you. Who you are. You may know nothing. In fact, you may look at this author, you may be surprised because the image in your mind is completely different than who he actually is. You know, you imagine certain things based on his impact on you, based on the product. Sometimes in a very positive way and sometimes not in such a flattering way. You know, you know what it's. You know, sometimes it's better not to meet the author. You know, let, let it remain fictional. Let, let the image remain an image. It's beautiful, you know. You know, when I meet, you're going to meet him, it's going to spoil everything. The distance is actually good. So what are Olam Mismachriach? Now we're talking about genuine philosophy. We're talking about the philosopher, the theologian, the scientist, the physicist, the cosmologist, the astronomer, the geologist, right? The biologist who is searching for truth. There's no bias. There's no preconceived notions. I'm not trying to justify my lifestyles. I'm really looking for truth. And I find, I find. What's the truth I discover? Only the truth that I have to discover based on the product. I don't have the intellectual justification to go beyond that outside of speculation. But I have to say, if this is the product, I know that the creator of the product had to have quality one, quality two, quality three, quality four. That's exactly the methodology that is used by the brilliant Jewish philosophers, the greatest of the great throughout Jewish history, with his methodology, Rabbeinu B'chai Ibn Pekudah and his Shar Habchin and the section that deals with the proof of the Creator and the Rambam Emer Nevuchim, etc. Different styles, different focuses, different details, some arguments in some areas. 
But the methodology is a clear methodology. And it was the methodology of the philosophers. And it's a very good methodology. And in many ways, even though the world has changed in so many ways, the methodology is still a very accurate one. That's how you deal with it. That's all. That's how science works. You see facts. You see facts. You study empirical data. And now you got to figure out what does this say? What does this prove? Or what's the theory behind it? Or who is behind it? Or what they would call, what is the law of nature that is governing this phenomenon? The apple falls from the tree. The apple doesn't stay suspended in the air. The football doesn't stay suspended in the air. That's a fact that the football ultimately falls down. And the rock falls down and the apple falls down. So comes a Mr. Newton, Isaac Newton, and now he says, I have a fact. And now what does this tell me? Can I trace it back to a pattern, to a law? That's all the same concept. I want to go back to the, we, we're, we're calling it a gavra. They like to call it a hefza because, you know, once you bring in God, it's dangerous. But laws of nature sounds much better. But what's laws of nature? Laws of nature means there is a system here. There's an operating system. Fine, so somebody wants to say the operating system happened randomly. Okay, we're not getting into that argument if operating systems can happen randomly. But there's a system here. There's something behind it. There's a pattern here, and this fits into that pattern. I can only figure out what that system is or who the author of that system is based on what I'm seeing. You toifes the nekuda. So that even Avram who said... It's not just a scientific operating system. Yesh Manigla He was still saying there's a God, but it's only a God insofar as I don't believe it's just an intrinsic operating right. system. There's a God, but it's still only a God yeah. and insofar as it's an operating yeah. system. Yeah. The God that I discover from the Bria is the God, right, that is Mukhrich from the Bria. It's the God that, that, that emerges, that is born from the product. That's, that's what I know. I, it's not, I can't do any better. I have your book. I don't have the author. I have the book. I study the book and I'll figure out a lot about you. Because every person expresses themselves in the books they write and in the art that they create and in everything that they create. That's the point. That's the point. That's what he says. That's what he says. It says in the introduction of the You have Chachma, but it's not known Chachma. What's Prat Chachma Yidiyah? Shapira, Sheena Yidua, Philip Baderich Yidiyah, Samatsias, Matechis, Berin Asylumus. means, even Yidiyah Samatsias, Yidiyah Samatsias means knowing the facts. We're not even talking about Yidiyah Samahus, knowing the essence, but even knowing the facts, those lines. I can't even know from contemplating the worlds. Why? Because, again, I'm, I'm, I'm studying the house. I'm studying your music. Who you are at your core, how am I supposed to know? I know that you have qualities that can produce this, which is amazing. It's amazing. So when we speak about Riboino Shaloylam, in Yiddish there's an expression, the Bashefer. The creator, the Rebbeinah who are we talking about? We're talking about the creator of the music, the creator of the art, the ultimate scientist, the creator of science and physics. Now that's big stuff. It's pretty infinite. Because look at the world. And again, the more we study the complexity of the world, what do we see? The more we can appreciate something of the infinity and the mind-staggering grandeur of the creator of such complexity, such infinite complexity. 
for the self is the same exact thing. I, if I limit myself with what I think I am, yeah, I limit really. Yeah, yeah. It's not who, who my yes, is. yes. This is the same with yourself. There's knowing yourself from your facts. But that's not it. That's not you. Well, obviously, you know, there's so many different gradations in this. You know, but... Reaching reach self-potential is, is, is much greater than what I can comprehend. Yeah. And that's the key. That's the end of Yediyah and Hakara, right? Yediyah is knowledge. Knowledge is always the details. The details are always about the hispashtas. That which is defined in terms of its impact on me. That which it, it, it sends forth. That's which it gives off. And the etzem is the core of what it is. And that's the difference of simen and tviyasayin that we spoke about. And that's the difference of chach, bina, and then the das afterwards. That's why we need bina. That's why we said yesterday, etzem could be delusional. That's why you need bina. You need, you need the ability, you need the scientific method. You're right. Das comes only after. Das comes after Bina. You need the Bina. Just having, I'm feeling something. I have an intuition. Intuitions are powerful. There's the famous book called Blink, right? Blink, right? With the author, what's his name? Gladwell, huh? Yeah. He proves that some of the most important decisions in history were made not by... Uh, systematic, elaborate statistics and data. How were they made by? Azai. <laughs> Malcolm Gladwell. He also wrote a book, David and Goliath, I think, right? Uh, blink, blink, it's the blink. And his argument is really that those that's how decisions are made. There's an instinctive epiphany. I like this guy, I don't like this guy. Why? You could sit with me for six days and prove to me that he's a tzaddik. It's irrelevant. There's that instinct. Boom, yes, nisht. <laughs> then you justify. We don't want to tell ourselves we're crazy, right? <laughs> so then we justify it. But ultimately his argument is that all the science is all biased. It's all based on instinct. It's interesting. Some people don't like hearing that. And the argument is that if you recognize that power in a way that's more powerful than anything else, but you also have to be able to have the humility, especially if you know that you have a challenge in this particular area, right? The humility to be able to give it to scrutiny. But scrutiny is really just to to make sure that you're not being delusional, that you're not sick, that you're not crazy. But the real recognition of things comes from a place that is beyond the knowledge of the details. And he does it, he does it from a scientific perspective, but this is really said here in a few lines. This is the difference of Yediyah and Akara. Now you have to be able to challenge it because I, I have a feeling about this person. He's making me queasy and, you know what I mean? And your whole life, that's it. So you, you detach from this. How, how do you decide to, to, who to marry? There's a psana kuda, right? You, you, you're gonna write. You're gonna write on paper. Okay, she's uh, she's smart. Uh, I have another smart girl for you. She's beautiful. I have another one. She's kind. She's the only kind girl in the whole America. And you go through the list, yeah. And they say, so why did you choose her? Why? Why? 
So you'll give qualities. It's all true, right? But there's a nakuda, something else. What is that nakuda? What is it? Huh? Why can't you explain it? Right. You could explain it, but it's not going to be it. You know why it's not going to be it? Because what you're explaining is coming into Dibur Hishalkos. It's a very rich way of describing that. In other words, you're already, you're already getting off the, you're off the mark. Not because you're trying, you're trying to be honest, but you just, it's not there anymore. That which you could communicate about it is already not it. That's the part that goes into Dibur. There's a Nekuda, it's a Psalmashu, it's a, it's a Nekuda. Or if you want it in Lashon of Chazal, it's basically you heard the Basco. <laughs> There's a voice, it says, our, but the Gemara says in Saita, Davbeis, the beginning of Saita, right? That 40 days before a child is created, they announce in heaven, Bas Pliny Lepliny. You heard the Basco. I didn't hear the Basco. You heard the Basco. The problem is if you're hearing w- wrong Baskals, you gotta be careful. You know, when somebody is filled with trauma and insecurity and has a lot, a lot of issues, you can become a delusional person or push the person is nebuch sick. So you have to be careful with this. Of course, you have to be careful with this. You know? There's schizophrenia. There's the multiple personalities. There's delusional voices. There's bipolar. All these things are very serious stuff. And if you feed this to such a person, you're not helping them at all. You understand that, right? This is what they like. This is what they need. That there's no data. There's no facts. There's no perspective. There's no objective perspective. It's all, you know, I'm right now the Messiah. I'm changing the whole world. Everybody belongs to me. Okay, fine. That you're dealing with a very serious issue. I'm just qualifying that because, we, you know, that's why the Das comes after Bina. It's very, very important. This doesn't allow a person to dismiss facts and dismiss data and dismiss uh, empirical evidence and dismiss uh, and dismiss the gifts of scrutiny and, and scientific methods, etc. We don't believe that religion is an opium for the ignorant who are too intellectually lazy to look for truth. Right? It's the exact opposite. The answer, and that's the, the you heard the Baskal, it's a, something. So, so it means you're Meshuggah. Why'd you choose? Explain it to me. You're Meshuggah. No, of course you go and you meet the person and you gotta make sure that there's qualities that you could talk about and explain to your mother and your father and, and the Shatchin and your brother. But then there's a certain Nekuda, there's a certain Nekuda that it's just, it's just what I, it's, I don't know, I, I, <laughs> I'm pretty good with words usually, but uh, I can't finish the sentence, but maybe you could finish the sentence. Chemistry, Chemistry, okay. (laughs) And doesn't mean the marriage is going to be simple and smooth, by the way. It doesn't mean, oh, that's it. You're flying high forever. It may have its challenges and its fluctuations that you have to work through. Right? But there's there's, there's a certain Nakuda, and when you don't have that Nakuda, you don't have that nekudah, it becomes difficult, it becomes challenging. So we come now back to the issue that the oilamists bring out the boire, but what do they bring out? They bring out the boire, the creator, that you that is necessitated from the creation. But then there's something else. Kiyim... So, there's something... Kiyim... Shenigalalahem atzmus eidin seiv bepnimiyis nishmasa. 
ולכן מכירים מצד עצם היחידה את עצמוס אירן סייף. This is a completely different step. נשמס ישראל, מצד מתן תדע, עצמוס אירן סוף, עצם, the truth of אין סוף, somehow implanted itself in the פנימיוס הנשם, in the core of the soul. And mitzad etzem ha-yechidim, mitzad that etzem, there's a hakore of a Jew in atzmus ein soif. This is where the leap happens from the world of philosophy, the world of theology, the world of hakira, which is very powerful and very beautiful, to the world of pnimiyas ha-tayra. What's this? This is that the etzem, the etzem of Ein Soif, implanted itself in the etzem Hanashama. That was Matan Taira. So the etzem Hanashama, amitis mitziusa. It's like I meet the author. <laughs> Which part of the author? Not the author's creation, but the author in its core. <laughs> Chachme Yidiyah, what's Chachme Yidiyah? Chachme Yidiyah is the known, articulated, definitive knowledge, the wisdom of God. That's the Chachme that relates to the evolution of the worlds. Which, let's face it, is infinite. Who is this creator that did this? Tell me about him. That's all the Chachme that is related to the worlds, even the highest worlds. His reality becomes known from contemplating the cosmos and furthermore, much deeper even, and from appreciating the bittel, the subservience, the surrender of all the worlds to the source, identifying the source. And even though in this study you will never capture his essence, it's an expression from Yerushalmi, that even if if all the citizens of the world come together, they can't even create the wing of a mosquito. <laughs> Try the wing of a mosquito, not a mosquito, that's already too much. The wing of a mosquito they can't create. Well, well, once you have a mosquito. Once you have the materials. With what do they create it? Huh? But not from iron, right? <laughs> exactly. From a yesh, you make another yesh that we're good at. But to create a new kind of Yitushechad. This is impossible. So why do we call it Chachme Yediyah? We can't even create it. So how do we understand the Creator? It's called That's what this Pasuk says. How great are your deeds. Everything was made with wisdom. You're looking at an extraordinary piece of art. You may not be a brilliant artist. You may not understand the depth of Chachma Satsir. 
But nonetheless, you're looking at this piece of art, you have enough wisdom to say that the artist was somebody of unique artistic ability. Can you define what that is? You may not know what that is, but there's something here. Would it be possible to know from this piece of art if this artist maybe had and professed wisdom in completely different disciplines that are not connected at all to art? You would never know that. You would never know if he has another dimension to his life. And could you ever know that for him, painting this piece of art was actually the lowest of his abilities? It was actually inferior to his other abilities. You would never know that. What you know from this piece of art is, right, that there was something brilliant here expressed in this art. You know nothing else about the person. Certainly you don't know. You could never figure out that maybe this is actually, you know, the smallest of his productions or maybe the most inferior of his productions. It's completely Shalala Fayerich. For that you need one thing. You gotta get to know him. You gotta meet him. When you meet him, then you can have a different picture of it. This is the marshal. What's the nimshal? He says, this is not a stama, a little parable. The Zohar says about the Asara Mamoris, <laughs> it's a pretty uh, intense expression. It's not befitting for a king to speak words of a peasant. Simplistic words. It's not Urcha de Malka. That's what the Zoyah calls Asarim Amoris. <laughs> the ten utterances are called Milad. It's a pastorship for a king. Really? So, so pastors for this world, it's a pastor. This is what you do. It's like, this is your scribble. <laughs> it's like the scribble. So I'm looking at this piece of art. It's like, wow, who is this guy? Oh, this is what he did, you know, when he was sleeping. <laughs> huh? When he was doodling. So you mean there's a whole other dimension? Yeah, but this is a part of it. You want to call it part of it? You can call it part. It's not really part of it. It doesn't really express it. For him, this was like the most inferior moment. And it, it, it's not just he had other interests. You can have other interests. That's also very interesting that the author is really not defined by this. He's not defined by the product. But not only that, not only is he not defined by the product, much worse, the product actually is a very poor um conveyor, huh? Very poor. Not only is it poor, it can be so deceptive because you're limiting him to this when really not only is he not limited to this, but actually this is the most impoverished representation of who he is. It's called Miladad There's something called the question is, does this element of God that it ever come out? Or it remains a hidden mystery? That's what Matan is. Matan is that the author, the core, the ultimate truth, communicated, I want to be with you. I'm planting myself into you, so to speak, back to that marriage metaphor. I want to be with you. Who? Me. Me in my essence, in my core, beyond different talents, beyond different capabilities, in my essence. 
Ponem be ponem dibur Hashem emach. What's ponem be ponem? Face to face. Shemakirim amitas hametzayer baatzma. I don't want to see you through your art. I want to see you ponem be ponem. What's ponem be ponem? Not simonim. Tvius ayin. I get to know the artist himself, and not as an artist. <laughs> Once I get to know the artist himself, it's beyond him being an artist. Yeah, he's also an artist. It's, the, it's not excluded. This is the Nakuda of Torah. Torah, it says, comes from Chachmei Law. Chachmei Law is not Chachmei Tata. Chachmei Tata is the Chachma of God that's expressed in every element of creation. Chachmei Law is the etzim, the, the, the essence. This is your Chachma, not the Chachmei Yediyah. Hainu Shema Yisbeinan is b'mokir o'elam is lo'i nucha leida zoysa Chachma filu b'derech yediyah samatziyah. From contemplating the world for a million years, I will not know this, even not the facts of it. Forget the core of it, even not the facts of it. The Hakara was not here. The Hakara, which is synonymous with Shem Yud Kevavke de La'ela, which is that. Kimash, Amr Alav Ramavin, Olav Ashalom, Hikiris Bayroi. I, Chazal, have an expression of Mesechta Nedarim and Medrash Avram, Hikiris Bayre, Hainu Beloshin Chachamim, Nikiris Agamkin Hakara. In the language of the Chachamim, when they say Hakara, even knowledge, they'll say, he recognized. Aval, Yodua Masham, Bemedrish, Rabba Lakarosa. But look how the Medrash, Rabbi, Parshish Lechlicha describes his Hakara. Mashul Echot Shira, Bira Delekas. Famous story that Avram could be compared to a man who's walking and he sees a bira. A bira is a palace. Doilekas. It's burning. It's on fire. Omar, he says, Can such a palace not have a creator, a leader? And the Medrash finishes that Baal Habira, the owner of the palace, stretches out, hits it salav, he looks out the window and he says, Hey, Ani Balabayis Libirazu. I am the master of this palace. And the Medrash says, That's Vayoyim Hashem Avram Lech Lecha. Avram is searching, searching, searching. This palace is everywhere. Who is the author? Who is the architect of this? Everything in the world has order. Everything is harmonized. There's a symphony. Take a single atom. What happens in a single atom? Perfect system, right? With the nucleus of the atom and the electrons of the atom and revolving, the parts of the atom revolving around the nucleus. And then the atoms coming together and everything is in perfect, perfect sync. And people don't realize that when you look at the heavens and you look at the system, the astronomical systems, of the bodies revolving, <laughs> revolving. It's mamished in the big picture, what happens in the small picture in every single atom. So he says, who is the Bala? Who, what's going on? He says, yesh balabayis libirizu. So what's the God that Avram discovers? What is it? Nimtza shakarasi hoiserak mitach hizbainan asailamus. Hakare. Hikiriz boyre. Right, Loshen Chacham Luchod, Loshen Kabbalah Luchod. Hashem is telling Moshe, Loi Noidati. The real union of Akara wasn't there. O Be'emes Zehu Nikregede Yediyah. When you split it down, when you go into detail, this is called Yediyah versus Akara. Rak Ata, he says to Moshe now, Voitzei Sieschem Mitacha Sivlis Mitzrayim, V'yedaitem Ki Ani Havaya, he finishes. You will have the Yediyah in Yudkei Vavkei, Hupchines Havaya de La'ela, 
the Yutke Vavke, not only the Lasat of creation, Yutke Vavke, the Laela, the Etzem of Ein Sov, the core of infinity. You wanted to ask something, yeah? When you deal with the water, let's say you see the planetary system, you see the water and stuff like that, it's, it's all good because we can think that maybe it looks like the refrigerator, there's somebody behind. But when you look, when you look at chaos, there's a lot of chaos in the universe. So what do we see? What kind of creator we see behind the the body, right? So biologists tell us that every single dimension of the body and how many parts are there? We can't, we don't, trillions, trillions, trillions. We already figured out, we figured out its purposefulness, why it's indispensable to create the life. But I think there's two things that there's still a mystery about. Wisdom teeth and um, huh? appendix. So now there's two perspectives. One person will say, ah, look at the chaos in the human organism. It's a senseless, random mistake. I'll prove it. Wisdom teeth. Who needs stupid wisdom teeth? And a stupid appendix that can only create problems and dangers. That's one perspective. I'm like, okay. Or somebody says, wait. There's 50 trillion cells. (laughs) There's 50 trillion cells. There's a hundred billion neurons. And the trill, not, not, if, if three pieces come together, it's already a novelty. You have to look who did it, right? If your teenager's room is one day organized and you say, how did this happen? It says, oh, it was just random. The pants was on the, on the, on the, on the bed and I gave it a kick and the drawer was open and it landed there and happened to fold oh so nicely. You won't believe a pair of pants that went into the drawer without uh, premeditated intention. <laughs> Cause naturally everything is chaos. Ent- what is it called? Entropy principle. Right? Entropy principle. So, trillions, not three, trillions of people working together. You don't know about the wisdom teeth. Okay. That's a much more, uh, <laughs> I think a much more, uh, innately logical perspective. When infinite amounts of details, I shouldn't say infinite, but and beyond what we can count with our, our with our with our with our mouth are working in such perfect symmetry and harmony. And as I don't have to tell you the statistical impossibilities of having a planet that supports potential for life. What has to happen simultaneously for a planet, which is why Congress, a number of years ago, completely stopped funding all research for uh, life on other planets. In the early 60s, it was a given that in a few years, 
we're going to find life on other planets. You know why? Because then they only knew about two factors that a planet needs to support life on Earth. But today we know that there's hundreds of factors, and for them to exist simultaneously, yeah, is not one in a million, and not one in a billion, and not one in a trillion, and not one in a zillion, but beyond statistics. So, I mean, you can go search for life in other planets, hate, but just doesn't make sense for Congress to do it. It's just a very interesting thing. And that's only on this planet. What about the statistical odds that the cosmos, the universe, should come into being? Beyond the chaos, right? After the Big Bang. It's beyond what anybody can imagine. So therefore, the whole, the whole system shouldn't have been working. The whole thing shouldn't have existed. The greatest miracle, you know, people say that the sea ever split, that the, the Jews ever leave Egypt with the ten plagues. And all these miracles pale in comparison to the greatest miracle of all. <laughs> And that is that there's life on this planet, that this cosmos exists. It's the greatest miracle beyond all of these miracles. Yeah. It's basically uh, have 90,000 blind people and give them, uh, what is that called? The Rubik's, Rubik's Cube, yeah? Blind people, yeah? And for a thousand years straight, yeah? Each one of them, every minute is producing the right one. And it's random. <laughs> and that's not a good marshal even. Because the statistics for that are much higher than the statistics for one blade of grass, one blade of grass to grow and one cell to form. One cell, not 50 trillion, to form. Are there questions? Of course there's questions. Of course there's questions. Do we know every Nakuda? You can't even... What, 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 what an intelligent person says is just awe. And I don't, and I, I don't even, I can't even know the creator who did this. Even this Chachmi Yidiyah is not Yidiyah in the sense that I know who this artist is. In, t- in terms of an artist, even that's infinite. Because if I would know it, then I would be able to create the world myself. He says you can't even create the wing of a mosquito. So even that knowledge I don't know. The knowledge of what is this artist, even in terms of an artist, I don't know. So how can I understand then the chaos? I think that's... Uh, a fair response to your wonderful question. This Nakuda here, I just want to make sure I understood this correctly. When he's talking about Yedia, Rabbi Nachar, he says, Ki chokhm Yedia, chokhma, ha-shayach l'shal shalomos, she-edu metziyos v'etoks bonus ha-balomos, I'm wondering if you think, is that the Nakuda that you've spoken about many times about Malchus Chamalchus No matter how many higher, as far as we think we go with Malchus, still it's like, a, yeah. like you said, if Einstein would have written a, a five yeah. lines, we said that's the whole Einstein. That even with all the great Olmas, Bitul and Mokar Mahavos, I mean, he's not talking about the God that transcends that, but yeah. even in the yeah, yeah. Mahavos, yeah. he's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, and this is also potentially again with the Ramban. And this week, this week, and also, and Yisrael also, he said he talks about Kolo Shematimikol Asian. He keeps talking about Kol 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 in terms of Kabbalistic. We call it the that what Bnei Yisrael got out of Matat Torah was not of the same Madrega of what Moshe got out of Matat Torah. Yeah, they, they, they got a cold. I think yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, good, good. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much. A blink, a blink. A blink. Very good.
Snares, snare. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Don't take a picture. When he blinks, that's a picture. What's wrong with a picture? Because I'm not cop. And when you see something? Uh, 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 don't blink. A blink is a picture. Saying when you blink, you take a picture. That's very nice. And if you don't blink, you don't take a picture? Today's cameras, you could take a picture without blinking. <laughs> so, for my it wasn't even shy. Yeah, it's not shy. It's not like you didn't get it. Yeah. Even if he said, Ani yud kevavke, right? So Rashi says, it's hoida, I could tell you. But the hakara of it. What's the diuk of hakara? That's the etzim. For that, you need hakara. That's what hakara is. Look at the sound. Yeah. Same thing, wasn't it? That's what he says. Hikir Avram is boire from the Bria. It's all from the Bria. Now by Avram, obviously, it went beyond that because Hashem revealed himself to Avram. The boire revealed himself to the Nivra. Avram wasn't just a philosopher who said, wow. He did what he can, and then he experienced the presence of the creator. He experienced the artist. That's what every, every new kid on, on the block, including their family, they wanted to experience what Abraham experienced. Because one thing you tell me what Abraham experienced is great. Tell them, I want to have the same relationship. Everybody wants to have the same revelation. Even the one that we were at Montaterra, Right, but I think what we're learning here is that Avram's revelation was a revelation that came because he tuned into the revelation. He tuned into the vibrations. He shut off all the static. That was the revelation. It wasn't the revelation of Matan It was the revelation that exists in creation. The minute I want Avram's revelation, I can't have the revelation. I got to turn out of that too. Avram's revelation was always available. Is always available. That's the point. The radio waves, waves, yeah. The radio waves were always there. Electricity was always there. We didn't have the antennas. Yeah, the question if you resonate with that vibration or not. If you're busy eliminating other channels, you don't get to the right channel. The fastest way is to tune into the right channel. It's a good theory. There's a Svasemes. He says, the famous question of the Ramban, there's no background to the story. The whole Torah, whenever Hashem speaks to somebody and selects him and identifies him as a shliach for a special mission, there's background, right? Noyach, it says, everybody was corrupt. Noyach was a good man. Hashem told Noyach, build an ark. Right? There's always context. I never heard about you. Where were you? Tell me Avram was a good man. He was a tzaddik. He was a this. Why did he hear? Why, why did Hashem tell him lech lecha? Famous question of the Ramban. It's a famous answer of the Maharal. The Svasema says, very something very powerful. He says, no. 
God says it to everybody. When he told to Avram, he says to everybody. Avram was the only one who heard it. He was the only one who was listening. That's the point. It doesn't say Avram was unique and therefore he heard something. There's no story about Avram before. Because it's a message that's communicated to humanity. Avram heard it. He listened. He tuned in. He tuned into the emes of Bria. He tuned into the emes of Bria. He heard the call. And that's where the Jewish story begins. But it only begins over there. Yeah. Lech Lecha is a hundred, right? Lech Lecha is 30, 20, 30, 20, a hundred. Yeah. Lech Lecha. Give yourself a hundred percent. Very beautiful. 30, 20, 30, 20. you understood? You were mocking or you just understood? This is all Chachma Yidiya. And I have Torah. Torah is Chachma That's from beyond the creation. That's the next step. That's what we're going to learn now in Gemara about Tumah and Tara. <laughs> this is on the Creator Himself beyond creation. The Chachma and the Ratzon of the Creator Himself beyond creation. Even beyond creator. Right? Because Torah comes from Chachmeilah. Chachmeilah is the Chachma of Hashem Himself. That's why the whole concept of putting Judaism in this small box where it can't compete with science and physics and psychology and all that is, is such a travesty. When you learn all these stuff, it's like, <laughs> Where science ends, that's where Torah begins. It's not, you know, oh, the scientist said, let's run into the corner and, and close the closet. and, and <laughs> It's taking infinity and, and, <laughs> and putting it into a cup of coffee and putting a lid because you're afraid. You understand? Same is true emotionally. Judaism is about the ultimate expansiveness beyond all the expansiveness of space and time in its most uh, abstract and progressive understanding, which is in itself amazing. Okay, this was just the introduction for a a smoother transition between... uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> towards the ultimate uh, idea in the, but, but it doesn't, but, it's, but we, it still can't get 100% here because that's impossible for us because we're finite. But well, the, the, the Maima maintains that the Nisham is Teufus Atmos, that there's something he calls Etzem HaYechideh, there's a Yechideh of a Jew that experiences Atmos. It's not, it's not about creation. It's a relationship. The Torah, the Torah is a revelation of it, but there's something in the Neshama of Ayid that's Taifas Atzmos. That's called Yechidah Sheba That's That's the point where we offer a connection of deep 
That's the that's yeah. That's what the deep connection with Hashem yeah, is. Well, with the time, that's the point of relationship. Maybe where it starts. That's where the real relationship is. And it doesn't chas v'shalom take away or cancel or delegitimize all the other elements. On the contrary, they're, they're amazing. And that's back to what we say. If you only deal with hakara and you dismiss what we're calling science or knowledge, then you can also be delusional. It's, there's something, you can get away with it in the sense of you're not being honest. You must. It's not, it's not it. The real it is not threatened by knowledge of details. It goes beyond it. It's like, get get all the details. On the contrary, that will allow, you know, the details to be internalized in you in a systematic way. But then there's something that's completely beyond it. And the details don't, they don't capture that. That's the Nakud of Yechidah. Yeah. The details will bring you very far and very close. They'll bring you to the door, to the threshold, but they can't get you in. They can't get you through the door. Not because they don't want to, but because they have their, their picture, they're, they're limited. They'll tell me a lot and they'll bring me to a lot of places and it's great and it's awesome and seize the moment and the opportunity. But there's a certain place they won't get you through. And that nakuda, that nakuda is beyond the idea. It's hakara. And that exists in the most knowledgeable person or in the least knowledgeable person because it's not about the knowledge. And it's this Nakuda of Yiddishkeit that the Baal Shem Tev and his students started to talk about very, very deeply. This is where you see the leap. When you read the literature, the leap from Jewish philosophy, right, which is amazing, incredible, and also holy. It's holy. We're talking about holy Jews. But the leap between what's called Jewish philosophy and what, you know, what you call the, the Torah of Chassidus. You'll see gems of each in the other one because it's all Torah, it's all Yiddishkeit. But the, this lang, the language that we're discussing here, the language of the Yechidish of Nefesh, the real relationship with the Etzem, that language was really emphasized, accentuated, revealed very much by the Baal Shem Tev and his and his students, the world of Chassidus. That's really that leap, that that next stage. And we'll soon see why. And we'll soon see why. It's part... It has to be with the Torah. If someone, if a Yid was born, and they never were supposed to Torah, and they felt like they experienced Hashem, they were, you know, in nature, that can never... You're right. You're right. Experiencing God through nature is incredible. And a lot of Torah Jews can use that. <laughs> they can use that, right? You understand? Because you need to be in touch with nature. Like, you need to be in touch with the world. You have to be, like, you have to be in touch with yourself. It's, it's like being in touch with yourself. You have to be in touch with your body. You have to be in touch with your sensations. You have to be in touch with your feelings. That's called being in touch with nature. There is nature and there is nature. It's the micro and the macro. That's that's vital. That's critical. That's why we don't start with Matan Torah. We start with Avraham. Why don't you start with Matan Torah? You start with Avraham. God started with the st- study my study my world. Get in touch with my world, and get in touch with yourself. Because if you don't have that, what can often happen is right. You uh, 
experience the yechide, but it becomes of like a little detached from from your humanness, from the the natural part of you. So both dimensions are very uh, vital. It's very rich. This is rich stuff. Rich stuff. The big picture. The big picture of Yiddishkeit. This is Reb son. Precious soul. An ambassador of uh, love, light, and hope. Right? Even greater than his father. And that's a tall order. It's a tall order. But he won't mind. Remember. God in his essence conceived of these ideas. It's uh, some in Vienna. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. In Vienna, yeah. They met there. Rabbi Bamberger was the head, I think, of. Rabbi Bamberger in Germany. In Vienna, yeah. In Germany, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he became my good friend. He became my good friend. Yeah. And. He saw the Rebbe Shem writing things. So he asked, he was writing, he said he writing books. He asked if he could borrow the, the manuscript. So he said, I don't have any copies, just be very careful to return it. So he came back and he was very, very impressed. And then he saw him writing something else later. It was Iron uh, Bait, what is it? That's true. That's why Jews dedicated their whole life to learning Gemara, to learning Torah. If it was the relevant Tumas Mashkin, if it's Metamehazeh, A person once wrote me an email. A very, a person once sent me a very sharp email. A Jew listened to a lot of classes of mine. And he writes, you know, I, I I listen to you. I know what you say. He listened to a lot, and you, you're really wasting your life. He writes to me, you're just wasting away your life. I wish you would go into cancer research. Go into cancer research, and who knows if you'll be able maybe to produce something that can really help the world. <laughs> it's just, uh, can you explain to me why you're wasting your time? <laughs> this is the hippie that anyway. huh? he's listening <laughs> I guess he likes it I guess he likes it <laughs> okay <laughs> it's a very interesting letter long letter 
he gave me a lot of options I should do things that he feels would be much more beneficial for humanity and society. It was interesting to read, actually. I appreciated the, you know, the challenge, the, you know, to ask yourself the question. Ayeka, you know, what are you doing with your life? This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.